Hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Church Renewal Podcast from Flourish Coaching. Flourish exists to set ministry leaders free to be effective wherever God's called them. So when pastors and churches feel stuck, our team of coaches refreshes their hope in the gospel and helps them clarify their strategy. I'm your host, Alan Edwards, and today on the Church Renewal Podcast, we're talking about churches with a sense of place and churches without a sense of place. Does it matter which neighborhood your church gathers in for worship? If the congregation ceased to exist, would the neighborhood around it mourn? Would they notice? Does place matter? What do you think? Hit us up on Twitter at FlourishCoach1, that's FlourishCoach followed by the number one, or on Facebook at FlourishCoaching or FlourishCoaching.org on the web. We'd love to hear from you and keep this conversation about church renewal rolling. Today, Matt Bowling, our executive director, joins us to talk about how renewed churches have a clear sense of place, a place where Jesus has called them to be. So come on, let's dig in and explore the ways that Jesus is renewing his church. We've been talking lately about uh, what is church renewal here on the podcast. I've got Matt joining me today. Hi, Matt. Hey, Alan. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Uh, I'm looking forward. I'm going to go have some lunch here in a minute. I think you're buying, so it's going to be great. That's absolutely true. And here we are in a great place to talk about a sense of place. Exactly. This is, yes, we're recording near Western Pennsylvania right now, and that is a great place to talk about sense of place. Um, So when we talk about church renewal, we talk about anticipating the kingdom of God coming and reaching that place that people have a love for their place and that they anticipate God reaching their place. So we're going to call that sense of place, a sense of place. Um, you know, Matt, we're both from a tradition of faith. We were both uh, part of the PCA where it's not uncommon for people to travel some distance to find a church that matches their theology or style um, they might right. pass another church of the same denomination because they like stylistically, stylistically another yep. one. Yep. Um, so I'd say it's pretty common for people to do that broadly too, uh, not just in our tradition, but in Christianity and, and evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. Um, is it inherently a problem? Can a church undergo renewal and be a commuter church? I think it's. I think it's very very difficult. Um, because um, churches are meant to be outposts of the kingdom of heaven. They're meant to be the anticipation uh, of the city of God and to exist in the midst of the city of man at the same time. And so it's very difficult for a church um, to minister when its primary place of ministry is not the zip code in which the worship space exists. Um, and so I generally speaking, when I work with churches that are trying to undergo renewal, I'm trying to get them reconnected to their zip code. Um, that sometimes uh, maybe in a small town ministry, this would be a a way that it could be different than that small town ministry where there's not really a center and there's not really a way to minister, um, in, you know, micro kind of place. What you might do is that you might create small groups that are not, um, solely for the function of instruction or of a sort of uh, internal fellowship um, or discipleship sort of features, um, but actually that they end up as a missionary outpost um, in a small town or something like that, where they look at their place and they go, what are the needs of this place? Where, if the kingdom of God existed here, what would it look like? 
and what's different from that now, and how could we be a part of seeing an outpost of the kingdom of God come into existence here? Sure. There are going to be circumstances where we're not saying uh, you as a Christian, if you want to be personally renewed, you have to go to the church that is physically closest to the house you live in. There, there are, you, you need to go somewhere where you believe they are teaching and preaching what the Bible teaches and preaches. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and where, where you can be part of what that church is doing. So we're not saying that you can't, you know, we're not being unreasonable. Right. But you are saying, I think I hear you saying that, that if a congregation is languishing, if they want to flourish, they have to have some sense that God put this outpost in this place for a reason, right? Absolutely. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. The best thing that ever happened in a church that I pastored is that somebody left. Okay. But let me tell you why they left. <laughs> so we had a family that was coming to our church. They were coming from about um, 35 minutes away. They were jumping through three communities to get to our church. And they were primarily there because uh, of a family connection and also because of our theology. And as I began to, to lead uh, this church, as our leadership began to lead towards getting reconnected to our zip code, we had some people that the choice that they made as we got reconnected to our zip code, this was so exciting. The choice that some people made is they, they moved into the neighborhood. Wow. They moved from where they were into our neighborhood. They bought houses in our neighborhood because they wanted to be connected to our zip code. So that was exciting. Yeah. That was an awesome move of God that people began to do that. This other family did not want to necessarily move into our neighborhood because they were connected to this community where they lived. And so they listened to what I said and they left the church. And they started going to a church that was within walking distance of their house. Mm. The theology wasn't perfect. They were okay with that. They knew the theology. They didn't have to go there for the theology. They went there because they could realistically see inviting their neighbors to that church. Now, that was a missionary move. Yeah. And that's what you really want. And, of course, I never want somebody to leave a church. But right, right. I would rather. Um, but that was, that was an awesome thing um, for our church because it said, Oh, if we take this missionary thing really seriously, it will mean change. Right. And they accepted that change. And, and that's a beautiful example of personal apprehension of of sense of place, a personal yeah. experience of renewed love for the place God has put us. What's the church version of that? What's it look like when a church has lost their sense of place? And what could it look like if a church has regained their sense of place? So there's a couple of different ways you can find out if a church has lost a sense of place. One of the things that I love to do for churches, in fact, I just did this at a church I was doing some consulting with this past weekend, is I'll ask them, do you have a Google map, a custom Google map? You can do this super easy. Just take the addresses of the people in your church, their physical home addresses, and make them each individual pins on a Google map and look at the distribution. And what you're looking for is... How close are people um, living to the church to the church building where worship happens? Right. So that's like a graphic, a vision, uh, uh, infographic, if you will, about um, are we or do we actually have people that live in this community or not? Right. So that's one way. It just makes it visual. 
right? Instead of just like, oh, it just kind of feels like it, but what are the actual distances, right? Um, I think another way to look at it is, um, are do we know our community? Are we curious about our community? Do we primarily see ourselves as people that do ministry in this community, right? Right. Or are we connected to some um, ministry that's maybe regional or national, or we we travel to do um, short-term missions work or things like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, when we were, the church that I, I was privileged to pastor in Seattle, we had a, um, a shelter open, a family uh, homeless shelter open in our community. And we had been looking for an opportunity to partner with a community organization. And we were like, this is, this is it. This is, this is a really, really neat opportunity. Yeah. And it was so amazing to walk in and they, they were, the beginning of it was to refurbish a building to walk in and have a team of people walk in and people say, well, where are you from? And we say, you know, we're from uh, Living Hope Presbyterian Church. And they're like, and that they would give us, I'm giving Alan the, the Victrola <laughs> dog look, which is that people would sort of turn their head to the side a little bit. And the reaction that we got as we, we did this with schools in our neighborhood and that people would just sort of turn their head a little bit to the side. And we were an oddity, a curiosity that a church would be interested in the zip code mm-hmm. and in the things in the zip code, a community cleanup. Um, community development, the schools that were there, the right. homeless shelter that was there in our zip code, right. and it, it produced a, it, it. It made people wonder what, why would a church be interested right. in this? That was great. We've talked a lot on the podcast of the us versus them, mm-hmm. and so you know a lot of us end up at the churches we're at because it it, it fits us. Uh, when I left my pastor a few years ago, we we thought about a bunch of different churches in the same or similar traditions. We actually chose to go to a church outside our denomination, but honestly it was just the next closest church that was somewhat similar. Right. It happens to be a church where we have families that travel, you know, upwards of 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Um, and for them, they, they, they have a conviction. And so that's where they worship. It is, it is for them the closest church sure. that they can worship at according to their conscience, yep. according yep. to God's word, according to their conviction. Um, but I guess what I want to say is that the us versus them can come back into balance if we spend time thinking about what do we, us, and they, them, think of sense of place. So like right now we're sitting recording this week in Western Pennsylvania. That's where I'm from. For us here in Western Pennsylvania, sense of place is school district. Yep. It is, you know, it used to be the Catholic parish. Yes. We're a very Catholic community, but like your school district, maybe like your closest volunteer fire department, Mm -hmm. whatever that serves. It would be a weird kind of sociological way of thinking of sense of place for this area. Covers the geography, right? Right. My in-laws live in uh, Metro Jacksonville. Metro Jacksonville is just huge, enormous city. Yes. And so sense of place is a little different there, right? right? Here, we have different municipal districts every mile. Yeah. There, the city is geographically one of the biggest cities in the country. And so sense of place kind of changes based on the community you're in. But one way for us to rebalance the us versus them thinking is to ask what how do our unchurched neighbors, how do our de-churched neighbors think about their 
what would they call their neighborhood? Right. What would they call their community? Can we care about what they care about? Yes. And not just what we care about. Yes. Yes. Because when you look at the things that people care about, um, because all people are made in God's image, because all people have uh, an internal spiritual memory of Eden and a hope for the new heaven and the new earth. If you describe for people what the new heavens and new earth is like, they're like, yes, that's the best life that could ever possibly be lived. Of course, I would want that. So their hopes for their own community echo what was in Eden and what will be in the new heavens and new earth. And we have the privilege to try and partner in a community to see that to see that come about in an anticipatory way and as a um, foreshadowing, a foresight, right? Yeah. Of what it will be like. There are lots of community organizations, if we'll choose to partner with them, that are trying to do that. And sometimes they're surprised when Christians show up that the Christians would be concerned about their community. And you'd be intrigued at the conversations you can end up with people when you're cleaning a street together. Mm, Because we actually care about this place because God cares about places. Yeah. 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 All right, Matt. So if I'm a pastor or a member of my church and... And we are not oriented to our neighborhood. We're not oriented to any sort of sense of place. And I want to move us one degree. First step, something I can do today to help reorient myself, or if I'm a leader in the church, my congregation, towards sense of place. Give me something to do. Help me Help me apply this. So one of the things that we do in our envisioning process when we work with churches is that we try and help them get back in touch with their community. One of the primary ways they can get back in touch, two primary ways they can back, get back in touch with their community is actually do the demographic research that you can do for free on the internet. Who makes up your community? Are, are they single? Are they married? What's the size of the household? What's the income of the household? What's the education level of the household? When we did the demographic work for our church in West Seattle, we found out some interesting things. When you look at West Seattle, um, what we found out is that the average age was our age at the time when we moved there. And the average household size was three, a married couple with one kid. It was our across the street neighbors. You know what's unique about single kids? They're lonely. Hmm. Their son wanted to become a bowling boy hmm. because we had three sons and there was a family for him to be a part of. And it was a really unique opportunity for us to minister to them. We also found out in our zip code that it was um, 51% white, 49% non-white. Of the 49% non-white, the biggest group, about 80% of the folks who were non-white, were uh, Hispanic and particularly Mexican Hispanic. And their household size, their household makeup, was disproportionately a single mom with children. Mm. That changes things. If you orient a church's ministry, its outreach ministry, um, to help tutor kids and do ESL and to change oil and maintain the cars of single moms, help them function because the man in the house doesn't exist, that changes a church. Now you have a sense of this place and the people of it. And so the, the biggest move, I think, is is towards just understanding the demographics and then being responsive to them. Right. There's another different way to also do that, is to talk to the people who actually already know these things in the community. 
In a small community, um, it's the police chief or the um, in almost every community, it's the principal in the school or the counselor in the school, the school nurse, right? These are people that actually know what the makeup of the community is like. You maybe have a community development organization where there may be other community organizations, nonprofits where you can go and you can learn. You can also learn a lot from other churches if you're willing to be humble. And that can also help you tune your ministry of your church so that you understand what other churches are already doing and you see the holes and you go, that's an exciting hole for us to fill. We want to be there. Great. Um, so Matt, if I, if I'm not convinced that sense of place matters, you know, um, the gospel's for everybody. Why do I need to care about this place? This is the 21st century America. We all drive, you know, 50 miles to get to the Sam's club. Why should I care about sense of place? Um, are there particular resources or talks or articles that have been helpful to you to either convince you or encourage you in this thinking that that part of renewing our churches is developing an appreciation that God's kingdom is coming in the place where we are? Yeah, so I think one of them, I've mentioned George Hunter before in the, the podcast, Um He's done some teaching in the doctoral classes that I've taken, but he has a book called The Apostolic Congregation that's been very helpful for me in understanding um, why this is so important, understanding the people um, of the place so that we can reach out to them with the gospel. Um, the Redeemer Church Planting Manual, um, which I think is actually out of print now, but it's maybe available in other forms or maybe somewhat, some of the information might be available within Center Church but trying to understand, Keller as a diagnostic, um, trying to understand the hopes, fears, and dreams of people, right? And I think that that's super, super helpful. Um, one of the people who was influential to me uh, in learning this was a guy named Hugh Halter. And he's written some stuff with Matt Smay. They wrote a book called The Tangible Kingdom. Um, and this idea that the kingdom comes into a place um, it becomes touchable by people because Christians are within sight of them. They're within reach of them. It shows up in actual physical, tangible ways. Um, and there may be some videos that we can find that we can link to um, that, that are helpful uh, in that. Great. Well, thanks for those resources, Matt. Everybody calls you the book guy. And so I always appreciate when you can share some things with us. We'll link to those in the show notes. You can always check out the blog. We'll have reviews and access to some of the resources that we've mentioned here today. Matt, sense of place. I want to go to whatever place has lunch for us. Absolutely. Let's do it. That sounds like a great plan. Hey, thank you all for tuning in today to the Church Renewal Podcast by Flourish Coaching. We'd love to hear your thoughts on sense of place. Do you have one? Does your church have one? How can we get one? Uh, you can reach out to us uh, by email. You can reach our director, Matt, at flourishcoaching.org or me, Alan, at flourishcoaching.org. You can always find us on Facebook at tinyurl.com backslash flourishfb or on Twitter, flourishcoach1. That's flourishcoach and the number one. We'd love to hear from you. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It helps us get the message of Jesus Renewing Churches out to friends and neighbors. Share it with someone. Listen together. We would love to broaden these conversations. Uh, and the reason is that there is only one sufficient reason that today has dawned. Jesus is still gathering a people to himself, and the ordinary way he does that is through his church. So we invite you to continue to join us 
as we pray to see Jesus renew his churches and we dig into the ways that Jesus is about renewing his church.